This is my tribe. 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 What's up? Welcome to the Tribe Night Messages podcast. Tribe Night is for students who are curious about faith and eager to discover how a relationship with Jesus could change their lives, their schools, and the heartland. For more information, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at cstone.students or text tribe to 94000. Hope you enjoy the message. It's a watch, so I can tell time all the time. Did I cry? Yeah, the whole time. No, I didn't cry. It did hurt, though. My whole hand went numb. I walked away like this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like needles, but I have a lot of tattoos, so go figure. Some would call me stupid. Exactly. Hey, Isaiah. <coughs> I need a drink of water. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Somebody said terrible. Who said terrible? Why? Let's let's have a counseling session right here. No? Okay, never mind. Well, I have a really important question for you guys. Yeah, I do. It's really big, too. So if you have to take some time to think about it, that's okay. I'll give you a few seconds. You don't have to answer quickly, but what? Make sure you're ready for this question. Maybe say a quick prayer. It's not a yes or no question. What is the best vending machine snack? Peanut M&M's I heard, Reese's, what else? That's it, only two snacks. Ellie, what do you like? Huh? It's not that complicated. What? If you go to a vending machine, what do you want? Fruit snacks, okay. Hey, Jacob. Paydays? Why? Well, for me, I'm kind of weird, but for me, it's always, I guess unless it's a candy-only one, but like a, a vending machine that has about everything in it, it's always Cheez-Its for me. Yeah. Yeah, when I was in college, I wasted a lot of money at that vending machine by my dorm room. 
I would get Cheez-Its, and then I would get an energy drink. Whatever they had, doesn't matter. I'll drink it. Normal Monster, some off-brand one that's called, like, Energy Up, or whatever they call them. Adrenaline. But for me, it was always it was always Cheez-Its and an energy drink. If I went to a vending machine, that's what I was going to walk away with. Every single time, I'm just the, I'm a man of habit. I don't like to switch it up. I knew I liked it, and I wasn't going to get anything else. And like I said, maybe I'm a little weird for that. And also, maybe I'm a little, Michael, don't do that to me all night. I'll punch you. Yeah. So maybe I'm a little weird, but... I used to get, like, a lot of satisfaction from watching the vending machine kind of work. Is anybody else, like, watching it, like, spin around, and then it start to come out and then fall to the bottom? Does anybody else like watching that, or am I just a weirdo? Yeah. Or maybe I'm, maybe I just really like food, like, way too much. Jacob, yes, you like it. Good. Me and Jacob are two peas in a pod. But these days, I don't know if you've noticed, but there are vending machines for pretty much everything. Everything. Yes, cars. Yeah, there's vending machines for movies. You go to a red box. Vending machines for headphones. In Nashville, they have vending machines for cupcakes. Yeah. And when I was in an airport in Taiwan, so I'm in Taiwan. This is a foreign country. I saw a vending machine there that sold body lotion and toothpaste and face wash. Like, if you forgot something and you needed it for your trip, you could go to the Taiwan airport vending machine, and they would hook you up with toothpaste. Yeah, it was overpriced and everything, just like that. And I couldn't read what brands they were because it was in Chinese. But... but have you guys ever used a vending machine and then your snack got stuck? Has that ever happened to anybody? Mm, it is hurtful. Like, is there anything worse than you're seeing that bag of Skittles or Reese's or whatever it is and it starts coming out and then it just stops? And you're like, I put my money in that thing and I'm not getting anything from it, and now I don't get my snack either, and I don't trust this vending machine to put another dollar in it. I don't like it. The answer is no, though. There's nothing worse than that. Hopefully you don't think there's anything worse. That's the worst thing that could possibly happen to you in the world. Yes, worst. Nothing worse. Promise. Yeah? If it's empty... See, but then you have then you have no expectations though. You know you're not going to get anything from it. Yeah. Speaking of expectations, though, think of it this way: like, what is worse in your life than holding up your end of the bargain, like holding up your end of the deal? You do everything that you're supposed to do, but then you don't get the thing that you expected in return, like that. That sucks. When you do everything and you feel like you put in the work, but then you don't get what you thought you were going to get in return. 
So last week we talked about how it can be super tough to get to know a God who is invisible, a God we don't see, especially when we don't make a habit out of connecting with him. We said that even if we have the very best intentions in our life, if we don't actually repeatedly do things that lead us to connect and relate to God, then we're just going to continue to feel that distance, that gap between us and him. Because our habits matter. And that's what this series is about. It's about our habits and our spiritual habits. There's some things we can do to get to know him better and see him more clearly, right? And we've been talking about that a little bit. But we have to do them over and over and over in order for it to really work. And this is like any other friendship that you have. Like If you think about any friendship, just like that, knowing God is about spending time with him and getting to know him better. You're not going to have a great relationship with somebody if you're not spending that time with them and getting to know them and who they are. And today we're going to talk about another way that we can get to know God better. We're going to talk about prayer. Talking to God. Like actually talking to God. Not reading his word like we talked about last Sunday, but talking to God. And although... I think most of us would probably say that prayer is a good idea. Some of us have had really bad experiences with prayer. Kind of like, you know, if you think about the vending machine idea, where you put your dollar in, you think you're going to get something, and then it doesn't come out of the vending machine. It's that feeling where you did your part, you did everything that you thought you were supposed to do, and your answer to your prayer got stuck hanging on the rack, right? You didn't get what you thought you were going to get. It's kind of the same thing with prayer, right? Like think about a time where you prayed something, you did your end of the deal, you talked to God, and you didn't get an answer when you prayed. Like whenever we have prayers and we put ourselves out there, it can sometimes feel really defeating when you feel like you don't get an answer. And maybe all of you have prayed a prayer, like begging God to let your football team get the first down, or hoping that your mom won't ask you to unload the dishwasher the night before you have to leave, right? Yeah. When those don't get answered, it's really not that big of a deal. Like you're like, eh, it's kind of a silly prayer anyways, whatever. But the stuff that can be really, really challenging for us and can almost hurt are the kinds of prayers that they feel personal, right? A little more personal, where it feels like there's more on the line when you're asking for it. Maybe you've prayed for a passing grade in a class that's really, really hard for you, but you still didn't pass the class. Or you prayed for a prom date or any date to anything, but it still hasn't happened. Maybe you prayed that you would make the team. And varsity would have been super awesome, but you didn't even make JV. Maybe you prayed to have a friend in your life. Maybe you've been praying for a good, solid group of friends, and you still feel alone. Maybe you prayed for a sick family member to get better, but they only got worse and worse and worse. These are real requests that we have that are a big deal to us, and that's why we're praying about them. And when we pray them, asking for help 
it feels like we're putting ourselves out there, right? Like you feel vulnerable. You're expressing your emotions and how you feel to God. So when that prayer isn't answered, it leaves you with questions. And I think it's questions we've all asked before, right? Like, am I doing enough? Am I even praying correctly? Is God mad at me? Is that why he's not answering the prayer? Does God even hear me at all? Does he care at all? Or what's even the point of prayer? Why does it matter? Like sometimes we feel like prayer just doesn't work. And it isn't that we necessarily think it's a bad idea. It just feels like it doesn't change anything whether we do it or we don't. Because when we prayed, we were hoping for one result and we got a completely different one. Right? I'm going to tell you a story about a prayer that I once prayed. When I was in college, my grandmother, who I was really, really close to, super close to, like I went to her house when I got out of class, and I helped her carry her laundry down the stairs because she couldn't. I mowed her lawn once a week. I took her grocery shopping once a month. Like we were close, as close as, you know, a kid in college and his grandmother could be. And one day, she had a stroke, and she was admitted to a hospital. And a few years before that, we had discovered she already had some kind of respiratory virus, and it was just really bogging her lungs down. And she didn't have good lungs to begin with because she was a smoker. But she just kept having issues for years after year after year until the stroke, and then this really, really hurt her. She always walked around with one of those machines to help her breathe all the time. So think of that, like she has the thing wrapped around her face so she can breathe. I mean, she was a sick lady, but she was okay enough for us to have a relationship. But then after that stroke, she completely changed. She couldn't talk anymore. She was laying in a hospital bed, and she looked like she was a balloon. Like she had just swollen up. But this woman meant a lot to me. Like, she was the woman who encouraged me to become a pastor before I even knew that it was something I wanted to do. Like, she told me when I was in high school that I would be a great minister one day. And I didn't even know what she meant. But she already had God talking to her long before I knew anything about my future. But along with my whole family, when she was in the hospital, she couldn't move. Her eyes were closed. Our whole family prayed with everything we had. Every single day, just praying for her to be healed. And I prayed for her to be healed, maybe even selfishly, just so I could tell her everything I hadn't got to tell her yet. So many missed conversations. So many times that I didn't go over to her house because I had better things to do, right? I just wanted that second chance. And every day that passed, it felt like she got worse. And I hadn't spoke to her since almost a week or two weeks before she had the stroke, right? Ultimately, she passed away pretty quickly after the stroke. It wasn't too many days after that. 
And I knew that God cared. I didn't question whether he cared or not. I knew she was in a better place. I knew she was with God in heaven. She was restored. She was healthier than she'd ever been. It just took me a long time to get over the fact that I had prayed so hard. And the outcome was the exact opposite of what I asked for. I felt like my prayer didn't work. Like it didn't matter. Like God didn't care. Sometimes that's what prayer feels like. It feels like it just doesn't matter. It doesn't work. Why are we doing it? Another reason that we may struggle with prayer is because God is invisible, right? You feel like you're not talking to anyone. Like we can look at creation and we can see a God at work in the world. But when it comes to having a relationship, a conversation, a connection with God, with a God that we can't see, it's not easy. We don't hear him speaking out loud. And as a result, we sometimes feel like we're just talking to ourselves when we pray. Sometimes we feel like we're just talking to the wall. Sometimes we want to fall asleep when we're praying, right? Sometimes we do fall asleep. I fall asleep all the time when I'm laying in bed. I'm having a hiccup. This could be bad. I'm going to take a Gatorade out. Sometimes we do fall asleep though, right? How many of you have ever fallen asleep while trying to end your night in prayer? Yeah, I used to do it a lot. Now I don't pray at night whenever I lay in bed anymore because it just always resulted in me falling asleep. I never said amen. But prayer, prayer seems like a really difficult thing sometimes. But I'm not so sure that it really has to be, right? I think there may be a better way for us to go about it, a better way than just giving up, a better way than giving up on it completely because it doesn't seem like it's working, right? Well, one of the most famous people in the Bible is a guy named David, and we talked about him a little bit last week. And you may be familiar with him as the guy who, he killed a giant named Goliath and eventually became the king of Israel. And if you haven't heard of him, it's cool, but here's what you need to know. He made some really good choices in life, and he made some really bad ones. But when it came to God, David knew him. David knew God. In fact, David became known as someone who was described as a man after God's own heart. But this didn't become true of David by an accident. It wasn't just something that was thrown, a name thrown on him. This was true of David because he made talking to God and spending time with God a habit, a priority in his life. A lot of David's relationship with God is recorded in writing. He wrote songs, poems, prayers, and he journaled his thoughts. Like anything that he wanted to communicate to God, he put it down. Many of those writings that I'm talking about are collected in the book that we talked about last week, Psalms. And this is what David had to say about prayer. He said, the Lord is near to all who call on him, to all who call on him in truth. And what this verse doesn't say is almost as good as what it does say. Like David doesn't say, the Lord is near to good people. The Lord is near to good people who call on him. The Lord is, 
The Lord is near to people who call on him with the, with the right combination of fancy words. It doesn't say that. No, it says that the Lord is near to all who call on him. Think about that, like, just for a second. David's saying that, that any time that you talk to God, that you're close to God because he is close to you. Anytime you have a conversation with him, you're deepening that relationship. You're building a habit of spending time with God. And this makes sense because, like I said earlier, most of our friendships work that way too. The more real, the more honest, the more conversations we have with our friends, then the closer we grow with them, the closer we get to them. In this way, a habit of prayer helps us feel closer to God as well. The more we talk to him, the closer we feel to him. And this is a really big deal because while we don't want, because while we don't want our prayers answered, the big ones and the small ones, that isn't the point of prayer, right? Like we want them answered. We want every prayer that we pray to be answered, but that's not the point. What really is important about prayer is that it, it grows us closer to him. And David understood that. He prayed and asked God for things, but more than anything, he just valued being close to God. He knew how important that was. He valued God's presence and God being with him. Because David knew that no matter what happened, when it came to getting his prayers answered the way he wanted, right? Whatever happened with his prayers, the thing he could always count on, the thing that mattered more than anything, was that God was close to him. So he prayed in order to be close and not just to get what he wanted, right? It wasn't, he hoped that he could get it, but that wasn't the point of his prayer. And I think the same can be true for us. We can ask God for things in prayer when we want to, right? But to be close to God means we know prayer isn't just a transaction. It's not just give and take or asking and receiving. It's about being with God. That was the point of prayer, being present with God, God being with us, making a habit out of being together. So when we ask the question, is God out there? Does he hear me? Does he even hear me? We can be as confident as David and believe that God is close to us. Because that's just who he is. He doesn't change. He hasn't changed. A God who hears and draws near to us when we call out to him. So even if you don't get what you want, even if you aren't sure how God's going to answer your prayer, there's never a question about God being near. Because the whole point is connection. But that still leaves us with a question, right? Even if God is close to us, and even if God being close to us is the most important thing, what do we do and say in this time spent with God? Like, how do we pray? What do we say? Thousands of, year, thousands of years after David's life, we get some insight into how the Apostle Paul talked to God. It says, for this reason... Ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, 
remembering you in my prayers, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. So in these couple of verses, Paul mentions giving thanks, remembering people that he cares about, and asking God for his wisdom to know him better. Like that's, a, that's covering a lot of ground. It's a lot of different things to pray about. But in other words, his prayers weren't all about just one thing. He didn't just pray to God and ask him for something. And when you think about it, that's what it's like when we talk to our friends most of the time. You do things like laugh, ask questions, tell stories, reminisce on old times, complain, joke, tell them the real stuff that's going on in your life. Conversation with friends happen in a lot of different ways depending on the circumstances, right? And that's how Paul prayed. That was how his relationship with God was like. Like we are with friends. He did it in a lot of different ways. But the thing that is most interesting in this passage is what Paul doesn't pray for. He doesn't pray that his friends would get every single thing that they want in life. Because that's not the point. He prayed that God would help them to get to know him better. See, Paul understood that the best thing, the very best thing for his friends wasn't for them to get everything they wanted. It was to get to know God better, to experience God with them, no matter what the answer to their prayer was, so that no matter what they faced in life, they could believe in a God who was a loving kind, and faithful God, and not just a God who did what they wanted him to do, not just a God who just said, okay, if that's what you want, I'll give it to you. When you and I make a habit out of spending time with God in prayer, I think we'll begin to trust him more and more each time that we do it, and that will help us remember that no matter what we face, no matter how our prayers are answered, we weren't, we're not alone. We aren't alone because God is with us and he's close to us. He's near. See, that's the best thing that prayer does for us. It reminds us who God is, who we are, and how we never have to face this world alone. It's not about getting all of your wants answered. It's not about getting the exact thing that you thought and hoped for. Talking to God helps us to know him better. Developing the habit of praying will help us know God better. And when we know God better, we're also, we're also better able to know and live out God's dreams for the world. Like what he desires for all of us. We become a better representative of his message, of his message of hope and love and justice and belonging for everyone. Because that's what God wants. He wants everyone to feel the hope and the love and belonging that he provides. See, as we start to kind of try this out in our own lives, I want to give you just a few tips on how to connect with God in a prayer habit. And it's not always going to be easy, but here are a few things. 
one is say thanks. I always open up my prayers with gratitude toward God. Like being intentional with gratitude will make you more likely to see the things you can be grateful for and that you are grateful for and see the good things that are going on. It'll open your eyes to the good that's in the world, the things that God is doing already in your life and around you. Like the more you say thanks, the more things you will see to say thank you to. Secondly, be honest. We don't need to talk to God like he's our principal or like he's some authority figure that we have to be on our best behavior and try to impress. Like we can be real with him. Like this is what this relationship's about. It's a friendship. We can be honest about stuff that we struggle with. Be real about how you're feeling about things with God. God won't strike you with lightning for not saying the right words. He's a good God who cares about you and wants you to talk about the stuff that's actually happening in your heart. Good, bad, whatever it is, he wants to hear from you. Third, you can give praise. When we praise God for being a strong, kind, or trustworthy God, it's a way of reminding ourselves of all those things that he is. Like sometimes I think we forget how big God truly is until we give praise and we express those things. Then on the days when it's really, really hard to see good things happen, we can look back and remember all God has done in the past. And lastly, we can ask. Asking God for something isn't wrong. I don't want you to think that. Like We can ask God for anything that we want. In fact, the Bible teaches us to bring all of our requests to God. But maybe this week you could also try asking for someone else, right? Not just for ourselves. Like pray for your friends, siblings, parents, teachers, or maybe even our enemies. Or just pick one person and pray for him or her over the next couple of weeks. See, prayer doesn't actually have a correct formula. We don't do it because we get something out of it if you do it right. We make prayer a habit of connection. That's the whole point. So this week, when you feel awkward about what you're saying, or afraid you're doing it wrong, or scared you'll hear a no, I want you to remember more than anything else that God wants you to connect with him. God wants you to connect with him more than anything. God wants to be close to you. So pray to connect with him. I think when you take that approach, it changes how prayer feels. When you pray just thinking you're going to get something out of it, then it feels pointless when nothing happens, and it feels pointless on days that you don't need anything, right? But that's not what prayer is about. It's about connecting with him, talking with him, building that relationship with him. So you may not, you may not pray and feel something change right away. I understand that. I've, I've felt it myself. It's been disappointing. I've had 
I've had moments in my life where I felt like prayer was useless. Like it didn't serve any purpose in my life until, until I found this truth. That prayer wasn't about what I got out of it. Prayer was about me growing closer to the person who created me, to my creator, to God. So think of it, think of it this way. You may not feel a change at first when you start thinking this way or praying this way. But imagine if over time you made a habit of connecting with God, right? Like it was a habit in your life. Every single day you made it a point to pray. Maybe multiple times every single day. And then imagine a world where you were part of God's making the world the way he wants it because you have that relationship with him and you understand what he sees for the world and that because of the time spent in prayer you knew his heart you knew God's heart and knew how to represent his heart in this world that's what's important about prayer is that we will grow to have a heart like God that we would be men and women after God's own heart that people would look at you and they would see God. I think then you'd begin to see the world change around you a little bit because you'd change from the time that you spent with him. See, prayer is something that can be difficult, right? Sometimes you don't know the words to say. Sometimes you feel like it doesn't work. But when you connect with God, when you go into prayer to build a relationship with him, it completely changes what it's about. Because if you go into every friendship you have in life only wanting something out of it, you're only in that friendship and you're only talking to them because you want them to do something for you, that friendship is not going to last a long time and it's going to be really unhealthy. And the same can be said for God. If you aren't going to God because you want to connect with him and you want him to be close to you, then prayer is That is what is important about prayer. I'm really passionate about prayer. Even though I've had my negative experiences with it, it's the thing that's changed me the most, the thing that's brought me the closest to God. And it's the reason I stand here today is because I constantly feel like I'm in relationship with him. I'm talking to him. It helps me on my worst days. It makes me feel better when I feel like I have no one else to talk to. And on my good days, it feels great to get to celebrate with him. And it sounds weird at first, maybe. It doesn't, or it may sound like, I don't know if that's for me. But if you make a habit out of it, I think it will begin to change your life. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for each and every person in here, and we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the gift of prayer and that you always promise that when we pray to you, that you'll be near to us. I pray that as time goes forward, as we grow, as our weeks go on, as we get busy, and we feel like we don't have time to sit down and pray with you, that we would find that time, we would carve out time to make a habit out of connecting with you. That we wouldn't 
make a habit out of just asking you for things, that we would make a habit out of trying to build a relationship with you, to grow closer to you so we can feel your presence, we can know your heart, and we, we can begin to change from the inside out so we can change the world around us. I pray that if there's anyone in this room who feels like prayer doesn't work, feels like it's pointless, that you'd open their eyes to a whole new world of prayer, that you'd work in their heart, you'd break down walls. I just pray for each person in here that they would grow closer to you. They'd feel your presence and feel your nearness and how much you want to be with them. And it's your name that we pray. Amen.